So we're like robbing this term that is supposed to mean this such a good thing and just tacking it on every food label that we can. Saddest part is like, unfortunately, like a lot of people don't take the time to educate themselves and they just, they get bought into that and they just think because it's organic, it's healthy. And that's what businesses know. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of How Do You Feel? I have a really fun episode lined up for you guys this week. I decided to do something a little bit different and move away from the usual interview that I do on episodes of the podcast. And instead, I decided to have a friend on to have a conversation about trends of the decade and do a little recap of the decade. We talked about the best and worst fitness, nutrition, and wellness trends of the decade. And then we also gave our opinions on some other fun stuff the pop culture and technology that we feel like define the decade. It was a blast getting to talk with Cassie on this episode. She was actually my very first podcast guest way back last April, so it was fun to have her back on for this conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast this week. We're doing something different on the podcast, and instead of having someone on for an interview, I have Cassie Day back on, who was in episode one of the podcast, the very first one I released, but we're just here to have a conversation, and we're going to do kind of a decade in review combo. So welcome back to the podcast. So excited to be here. Yeah, this will be fun. We're going to have fun with this. We're going to talk about some things that we know a lot about. We're going to talk about fitness and nutrition and wellness and trends that we've seen over the last 10 years. But we're also going to talk about just some stuff that's more pop culture in our opinions and just <laughs> kind of share. Sound good? Yeah, sounds awesome. Okay, awesome. Let's start with something that we know a lot about. Okay. And let's start with fitness. Best fitness trends of the 2010s. What do you think? First of all, crazy how fast the 2010s went by. There's a lot of trends when you think back. Group fitness wasn't even a thing really 20, 10 years ago. Are you serious? I feel like CrossFit was just starting out, I bet if we looked it up, about 10 years ago. CrossFit, I think, started the group fitness scene. Um, and then I think in the last 10 years, we've really seen boutique gyms blow up. Um, obviously, Good Life's took, or big corporate gyms, I guess, took over for a while. And then boutique gyms came up and in the last five years, I've said boutique gyms have blown up. Mm-hmm. Obviously like owning all day fit, like that's something that I think has been the best trend at the boutique gyms. But it's also been cool to see like there's been huge boxing trends and massive spin trends. And I think, I think we're just like on, it seems weird to say, but I honestly think we're just getting in to the weightlifting trend. I think we've kind of seen like bodybuilding happening, but we're really starting to see the concept of like just functional strength training. I think we're only getting started. Would you say the same? Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because one of the trends that I had was functional fitness becoming a thing and people being more interested in what they're doing in the gym actually translating to real life and people are actually starting to think about this. And I think as CrossFit has come on the scene, it's also become cool and mainstream and actually 
accepted for women to be in strength training. So I love that you're thinking about it in the terms of we're just starting on this, but I think that a lot of these things you're talking about, this was the first decade that we saw them and that it mainstream was like people are actually interested in them and care about them. I never thought of what you just said. CrossFit made it acceptable or like, yeah, for females to come into the weight room. To me, that's like the most impactful and important thing that CrossFit has done for the fitness community is women all of a sudden were doing the same shit that men are doing and it's become idealized for women to be strong and to do that. I love that you just taught me that. I didn't even think about that. I wasn't thinking about CrossFit for many other reasons, not necessarily (laughs) as the best trends. Besides like another thing CrossFit does amazing is community. And I think that that's been passed on through the entire decade and they obviously it originated there cool did you have any others other no those were the two big things that i had written down and just like just this movement towards thinking about fitness in term not just in terms of bodybuilding and aesthetics and losing weight but like starting to actually think about wait a second how am i going to move when i'm 80 years old like people are having those conversations now and that feels so new i don't think that's been a part of fitness before yeah and like i said i literally think we're just getting started i think it's becoming stronger in the last 2 years but i think it, it's the future it's the way that we're going to make fitness turn into a lifestyle and i think it's we're just getting started to that too i think fitness has been like you said more aesthetic reasons up until the last 2 or 3 years but we'll see that change yeah. also when you think about it just in terms of like we used to see like a lot of like races and bodybuilding competitions, but now you see things that are more like obstacle courses. So it's more like the challenge component that comes in it. I also see, and that's like comes from also functional strength training and like using your body in life. So I think it's cool to see. And I, like I just said, I think we're just getting started. What about worst fitness trends of the decade? <laughs> you guys should see the face she just made. She's really excited to talk about these. <laughs> I don't even know. I think this was very early in the beginning of the decade, but you used to stand on those things. Do you remember? Oh, do you mean BOSU balls? Or do you mean like uh, a shaker? No, but I I also would put those on this list. (laughs) (laughs) Or you mean those like shaker platforms? That was like early in this decade. You didn't have to go to the gym. You just stand on this thing and it would like shake and that would be like your workout. What's the concept of that? Like, who knows? (laughs) Also, like, not knocking it, but, like, Zumba was also really early in this decade, which is, like, a form of dance, which is cool, but it's cool to see, like, where that's evolved to. Mm-hmm. Another fitness trends. What did you well, I've got, I've got one that I think has just not been great for the fitness industry, but this whole concept of fitspo and it being overtaken by fitness influencers that look a certain way but don't necessarily have any authority on, like, good fitness or good training it's been massive and somehow like we've started to associate having a lot of followers and having the bod with understanding fitness and training and kind of nutrition. So overall to me, that's just kind of a messed up trend. It's true. It's literally hashtag Fitspo. And the, the, one of the biggest struggles in the fitness industry, there's, there's no regulation. So there's no one regulating regulating at all. So you see someone online who's fit, like you just said, and you're like, what even does fit mean? But has abs and sculpted shoulders in the way that you look at someone as a trainer or someone in the industry should look like, and you assume that they're knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a knowledgeable person to get that fit body that we're used to seeing as the definition of someone who knows what they're talking about. 
So that's a really good one. And I don't want to say that it's not not getting better. It's getting a little bit better, I think. But there's still a lot of work to be done here, especially with the future literally being completely social media. Um, For sure. I feel like it's getting... This might sound confusing, but I feel like it's getting better and worse at the same time. Like in some ways, there are more people getting on social media that are like naive and are getting swept up in this fitspo thing. So that side is growing, but also the counter side is growing of more people being vocal about, hey, this isn't how we want fitness to be. So I think in general, the whole thing is just still growing in power, both sides. I think what we're seeing now starting to come in in this like last year on social is people talking about how fit looks different on everyone. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, like you just said, there are people who are naive and who won't know the difference and don't follow the right people who are necessarily educated or sharing the right message. And maybe I just see the other side of things because I do follow those accounts, but I'm looking forward to seeing where this heads to. But I, like you said, I think it's getting better and worse. So you nailed it. Yeah, that's right. This is a good segue into talking about social media because I want to talk <laughs> about the trends on social media that we're seeing. So what do you think are some of the best trends that we've seen on social media in the last decade? Okay, so I love social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think social media is amazing for so many reasons. I also think social media can be terrible for so many reasons, but you have to choose how you're going to use the platforms that you use. Some of the things that I think have been good, trends, what would we go from? We went from... Facebook, yeah, Instagram, Facebook was the thing in Snapchat, for sure, twenty ten, yeah. Twitter, mm-hmm. and Twitter's kind of lived throughout the whole thing. But what people use it for, I feel, has evolved into now. It's very much a news, updates, sports sort of platform. platform. Yeah, I think yeah. they've all kind of like now that more are coming out, more platforms they have to like have what their niche is. If not, they would get flooded through. And then the newest TikTok. Like, what even is a social media trend? I think two things that I love about social, and I guess that's what's come up in the last decade. One is that I actually don't even use Google anymore, which is crazy because like most people use Google for everything. I lied. You talk to my Google home quite a bit. But now instead of even searching things on the internet for myself, I do activities and I do whatever I'm doing based off things that my followers suggest to me. So I'll often use my stories and ask questions like, what restaurant should I go to in Toronto? Or did you like this spins? No, I'm not a bad example. Did you like this gym in Montreal? <laughs> you're in a spin studio. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> or like top gyms to go to in California, like on a trip I'm going on. And even, I don't yeah, even, even looking for services. Like you've asked, like I'm looking for like, I'm looking for a printing place. Right. I'm looking for, for a pelvic floor therapist uh, right now. Yeah, like Anyone a PR person. <laughs> yeah, a pelvic floor therapist. All this stuff, yeah. right? And it's very, I feel like it's a really good way to find new connections. Exactly. And people who also like, most likely they're following along, they also have similar values. So if we're going to like, like you just said, in terms of like looking for other professionals, I know that they probably align with me if they've been following along with my story or know what I'm trying to give off. So it just saves so much work from... Like, for example... The abyss of Google. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even just like two days ago, so we were looking for a printing, a printing studio to print on some merchandise for Academy, and we were stuck. Like, we spent like five hours Googling, and it was five hours of calling and explaining, and then all of a sudden I post on social media, and within like 20 minutes, we had six options of people who were like confirmed, could do it, have it back that day, knew what we wanted. 
job was done. That's so, like, so awesome. Sometimes social media can save you a lot of time. Yeah. I feel like another interesting trend that we've seen emerged is this concept of the story. And it started with Snapchat, for sure, of these like live little like videos into what's happening right now. It doesn't have to be very polished. It's sort of like a glimpse into someone's life. And then now it's evolved into, now it's on Instagram and Facebook. And it's just the way that people are keeping up to date with people. And also, if you think about celebrities, like celebrities are posting stories. So you feel like you're behind the scenes in their life and you feel like you get to know these people that you look up to in such a different way. And that is completely new this decade. Yeah, it's really true. I What I also think is really cool about social media in the last decade is that you can be anyone or do anything. Yeah. You know, like before you didn't have that opportunity, but now like we all can have a voice if we want a voice. You have a platform to share. And I think that's really cool. Like if you want to be a photographer, you can. If you want to be a baker, you can. If you want to like... Whatever it is, you now have the opportunity, the platform to be able to do that, which is neat. Mm-hmm. And the ability to market it. Yeah, market exactly. Whatever service you want. Anyone can market. It's achievable. One of the interesting things about social and the, what has been curated in like the last or happened in the last ten years, like you can curate the life that you live online, mm-hmm. and then live a completely different life. Yes, How crazy. You have, is that? You can, yes, I've thought about this often. Actually, you can have your. You can have your online persona and then you have your in-life persona. And it is the one of the most confusing, disjointing things when you meet someone that you've like, for example, only known online and then their persona in person is so <laughs> different. It's super disconcerting because I think in our minds, we want those two things to be the same and we assume they are, but they definitely don't have to be. And some people do it deliberately. Well, like quite often people sit down with me, they're like, oh, you're the exact same in person as you are online. I'm like, one, that's a really nice compliment because like that'd be terrifying if you said the opposite. But two, like I should hope so because I always say like, it would be so tiring to be someone online that you aren't all the time. For sure. Yeah. For but sure. Literally like the people who follow you online, you might see, say you have 100,000 followers you're probably only ever going to see 5% of those people ever in person. So you can curate who you are, what you say, what you look like now. Like you, Some people don't even look the same online as they do in person. It's true. And their followers would never know. And their followers would never know because you might see 5% of them. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's pretty crazy. It's been a big part of our decade. And obviously, we're just getting started here as well. Like Social media is not going anywhere. It's only going to get bigger and bigger. When the first thing I thought of when you said this, think how much time we've probably spent on social media in the last decade. Added, imagine. If you had to guess, oh, how long do you think you've spent out of the last 10 years on social media? So there's 365 days in a year times 10. I spent on average four hours a day on social media. 14,600 hours. <laughs> what does that equate to in days? Divide that. 24. Six hundred and eight days. That's longer than a year. That's almost two years. Straight. Not sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Not even counting sleep. That's insane. Is that right? Wow. I mean, I'm pretty good at math, but I could have messed no. I'm thinking of, that's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I spent about a far like four hours a day on social. I think that people are really fast to hear a number that big and say, Oh, well, you've wasted so much time. We do find so much fulfillment and connection and like good things also through social media. 
we cultivate company values through social media and like share those with people like that's important stuff right that also happens on social so we can't forget the like all those good parts bring so many things like we just said a lot of the things that we're doing nowadays you wouldn't even know existed if it wasn't for social so it brings so many great things as well for sure since we're talking about social media i want to talk about best apps of the decade (laughs) what do you think was the best app of the decade uh, I'm gonna say Instagram for sure. Um, yeah, you had to say that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's Uber because Uber has revolutionized the way that we can get around. And I'm gonna tell a quick story. Actually, this is crazy. So, Eric and I were doing a shit ton of traveling over the holidays, and it was bound to happen one time. But we were driving on the highway in the middle of nowhere, like going from Michigan to Indiana, and we ran out of gas on the side of the road. We were like, well, shit, what are we going to do? Oh, so we started wow. checking our insurance, seeing if we had any roadside assistance, all this stuff. And all of a sudden we were like, there's a gas station 12 minutes down the road. So we called an Uber to our car or took an Uber to the gas station and took an Uber back. And we had the whole thing solved in like 45 minutes. And that would have been literally impossible. However, many years ago before Uber, we would have been walking for probably three hours to the <laughs> gas station. Like, but we solved it so quickly because we could just call a car. You can call a car to work. Wait, why do I pay for CAA? <laughs> right? That's like a yearly <laughs> subscription for roadside assistance. Well, if you get a flat tire, it's going to be a, not just an Uber to fix your problem. But yeah, I guess they tell it. There are other yeah, services, yeah, obviously, that well, that's genius. good for. But, uh, you know, and it's like... Wait, what did the Uber say when he like didn't have an address like how did he find you or did eric have to walk somewhere to get a location no 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 he, to, he just stopped on the side of the road like That's pulled up behind us yeah which is like also crazy about maps i can just find you on the side of the street i know let's talk about something pop culture-y okay. we're gonna transition yeah. a little bit uh i want to know who you think the best artist of the decade was <laughs> um okay this is an easy answer and if anyone listening to this knows me they know i'm not gonna say this they're crazy um, i'm gonna say drake for sure. And I can say this because, what was it, a month ago when every single person's Instagram story suggested, it literally said Drake. It was like the best artist of the decade. Oh, when they did the Spotify review? Yeah, oh, Spotify. Oh, what did yeah. I just say? Spotify? Did I say Spotify? You just didn't specify oh, what it the was. The Spotify review. Like, that day, I bet you, I would I would love to know the numbers. Everyone's story was Drake. Every, and then every, if your story wasn't Drake, it was like, I don't give a fuck who your favorite artist was of the year. <laughs> So it's like the opposite. Other favorites that I think um, I would say as well, obviously like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B came out. It's like the concept of female rap artists has been like, I mean, not the concept, but like you've seen more female rap artists come out for sure. I mean, there were sons before. In general, like like hip hop and R&B yeah. have become way more mainstream, right? Yeah. It used to be sort of like more niche. So yeah. And then to see females in that too, it's pretty cool. And then I think even like this year, I think it's been a big year, but with Lizzo. Yes. This is a good one. Totally. It's Drake's still number one, but those are the rest of I got to sit through some support those some are, girl. The those are the runner-ups. Who do you think? Cool. Mine of the decade has to be Adele. I think that she's just like one of the most talented, amazing people. She also speaks about mental health, which I think mm. is important. She's very much just herself. Doesn't seem to get swept up in the media and the paparazzi and the show of it. She just is who she is and, and delivers an amazing performance. She released her two biggest albums this decade um, in 2011 and 2015, and they were both amazing. Cool. I like what you just said about Adele, because I think a lot of that aligns with why I also picked Lizzo. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, they're similar She's like true to herself. Yeah, and her message message and like not buying into the media. 
and the bullshit. So I think it's cool. Sticking with the pop culture stuff. (laughs) What, in your opinion, was the best movie of the decade? Okay, I'm definitely not the person for this. Um, I think one of my favorite movies of the decade was probably Black Panther. Yeah. I remember like walking into the movies and I was just like, like this is a moment to remember. Like the the movie itself, I think I'm almost positive to say it's the first movie with 100% people of color who were cast in the movie. And I think that's really important. And I think it's like, it's changed the way that the movie industry is going to be moving forward. Yeah, especially when it's a Marvel movie. So mainstream. So mainstream. Wait, are you better at movies than me? Who? What's your favorite movie of the decade? Eric would say definitely not. <laughs> so um, would you, you <laughs> kill me on this one? Yeah. Just as a fun fact, Avengers Endgame was the top grossing box office movie of the decade. And it made like $2.8 billion. That was like the biggest movie of the decade. Jamie went to see that by himself in the theater because I wouldn't go with him. <laughs> Eric honestly probably did the same thing. Next time that we should just make them go together. <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, my best movie of the decade was Moonlight. And I think it's for a lot of the same reasons that you're talking about with Black Panther. But I just felt like the story, it's, it's a queer black love story, which we haven't seen anything like that in the mainstream movie scene um, up to this point. The story, the cinematography, the music the characters, and then most importantly, the subject matter were just so compelling. I just remember the entire time feeling so captivated by it. The vulnerability and rawness that it brought. So if anyone hasn't seen this movie, you have no idea what I'm talking about, go see it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to see it. I haven't seen this. It's unbelievable. Did you see it in theater? No, I don't go to the theater either, but I saw it in my basement on the couch. (laughs) It was just just kind of like a theater. It's like (laughs) dark and comfy. Yeah. How come you don't go to the theater? Oh, I don't like the theater because I get really antsy. I really just don't like the concept. Why would I go to sit in one chair and watch a screen when I can do that at home, but I can like get up to pee if I have to or pause it or have a glass of wine or like, I don't get why I can't even like really cuddle Eric. Why would I watch a movie that way? I the complete opposite. I'm obsessed. I love the movies. Think about in the decade. So my grandmother used to always say to me, she, she used to say, I remember when the movies was a quarter. You know what's crazy? The movies is now like $20. It's so and expensive. And I remember when the movies was That's $5.99. Yeah. I don't know if it was that was like the beginning of the decade, but like quite possible. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Also, now we have like VIP. You can sit in lounge chairs. They deliver wine. Oh, I know. The wine's cheaper than like your movie ticket. It's a whole experience. Yeah. A lot changes in 10 years. A lot changes in 10 years, but also 10 years goes by so fast. Yeah. Actually, this year is my 10 year anniversary for leaving high school. No way. Yeah. yeah. Well, just threw my age out there feeling That's old. That's a good milestone. <laughs> <one. All> right. <laughs> okay. Let's switch into talking about another thing that we know stuff about again. So we're back in our realm. Let's okay, talk cool. about nutrition. Okay. Best nutrition trends of the decade. Do we want to start with best or worst? <sighs> Worst is, let's hit worst. Okay, what are the worst nutrition trends of the decade? And then I'm curious, your best. Okay, worst, hands down, has to be tea toxes. Yeah. There was like a what point. is that? <laughs> what was that? Is that over yet? I think it was like, you don't eat food, you just drink tea and then you're skinny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't, the, didn't the big one, skinny tea or whatever, get sued for the claims that they were making? I don't know, but you know what? Something. They honestly probably made enough money that that sue didn't even matter. Yeah. 
That was a terrible one. This is an example of fitspo. So many online social media fitness experts, I'm like making the quotations, experts, yeah. were claiming that they were done it through skinny tees. Anti-bloat, flat tummy, all this right. bullshit. Totally. Speaking of those things, one of my worst trends is the buzzwords that we are obsessed with. And right oh, yeah. now, it's organic and it's gluten-free. I went to the U.S. and I saw organic Cheetos. I don't know if they exist in Canada, but like junk food now has an organic version because that's what we think just means healthy. So we're like robbing this term that is supposed to mean this such a good thing and just tacking it on every food label that we can. Saddest part is like, unfortunately, like a lot of people don't take the time to educate themselves and they just... They get bought into that and they just think because it's organic, it's healthy. 100%. And that's what businesses know. And I, and marketers know. They know that no one knows the difference. They know the buzzword. There actually is a health food brand that you find health food stores in Toronto or like in Canada, I guess. And their brand line is actually called Organica. Before I started holistic nutrition school, so I didn't know the difference. And I was buying their products because I thought they were organic. And it, it stopped. Their and they're brand not is called organic. Organica. They're not organic. The fact that that's even allowed blows my mind. That's bad. Yeah. Buzzwords. Yeah, for sure. What was the other buzzword you just said? Gluten-free. Oh, free. We've done oh no, 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 no. Okay. In the decade, not anymore, and I haven't done it in like at least five years, I used to go tanning quite often. I walked in to the tanning salon. I remember on the wall, there's a tanning lotion that said gluten-free in large <laughs> letters. I have a picture of this because I couldn't believe it. In large letters on the bottle, the tanning salon, the tanning lotion was gluten-free. Like that's the best marketing I've ever heard. <laughs> they just take these terms and assume that, you know, and we do it. We do it. We think, oh, well, it's gluten-free pasta. That, so it's fun, like different right. in some way. It's like, it's no different. It's just, you've removed this one protein from the grain. And like, if you're not gluten intolerant, then it makes no difference to you. It's still carbs. Like it's no healthier for you. Right. I feel like that's like not known. Like you could repeat that six more times to make sure people get it. Because I think like on two things there. One, there obviously wasn't gluten in the tanning tanning lotion. So they were just using this as marketing. But like what you just said is really important. I think that they've just made everything gluten-free because now people assume it's healthier, Mm -hmm. which isn't the case. Gluten is just a protein that exists in grains. It's naturally occurring. Some people... small percentage of people have an intolerance or an allergy to it. Those people want to avoid it. If that is not you, it is no healthier for you to eat gluten-free pasta than it is for you to eat normal pasta. And even other products as well, and they actually can do more harm than good. Right, any products that say gluten-free, the pasta is just an example, but. Two of the things we became before that were like fat-free. That was was at the beginning of this decade. Um, You know what, I actually, Think it was before? One of the things that I actually put as a good fitness trend was that fats are now back. Right. It was a couple decades ago that we demonized fats and that fat-free and low-fat were right. really the trend. Now it's carbs are demonized, which I think is also a terrible nutrition trend because carbs are important too. All three of the macronutrient groups are important for you. And so to demonize one and cut one out entirely, it's not good so i think that 
it's a good fitness trend that we're talking about healthy fats and we we're not striving to eat these low fat diets because they wreaked a lot of havoc on people's health for a really long time. Yeah, it's true. The same with carbohydrates. I feel like we've kind of hit that and now I hope we're moving on past it. Or at least we live in a world where we people have moved on past it. But I guess we do still see clientele who are scared of carbohydrates because of what they've been taught over the last 10 years. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's very common. What other good nutrition trends? I just was like laughing, thinking about this and like, think about cauliflower 10 years ago. No one gave a shit about cauliflower 10 years ago. Or kale. Or kale. (laughs) Or quinoa. Yes. Superfoods. Superfoods. I wasn't even thinking of that. Superfoods have become... Yeah. Superfoods are interesting. Like obviously like superfoods are great for you, but they're also most of the time like a privilege for people to be able to afford. So sometimes I feel like they're they're not obtainable for everyone to to be able to access. And when that happens, I feel like wellness becomes unattainable right. for everyone. So there's it's a good trend because they're foods that are good for us. But saying like if you don't eat these superfoods, you can't be healthy. I also think is like a problem that we're going to have yes and and making them out to be like your magic fix to health like if you drink your beet juice or celery right. juice juicing sudden, yeah yeah that's right. another juicing mm-hmm. juicing was a big one as people i think it's still going on not to the level it was maybe two or three years ago um i also don't know if we personally have moved on from these trends or if society has what do you think like think about celery juice this was only one year ago yeah celery went from $1.99 in the grocery store to $6.99 I don't know if it's because it was like they couldn't get it anymore or because they knew they could sell it I don't know what happened there I don't know it's a good question though if we live in our world where people do tend to be a little more educated about this stuff and I I always feel it when I when I go outside the community or I travel or go back home or talk you know talk with people in other groups is I realize oh actually their perspective and what they're seeing is way different than what we are so it's hard it's hard to know like what are the real trends going on on a bigger scale than what we see especially because we're in a big city so I feel like we see things quite different like when I go back home, things are so different in a small town. Um, another one I think is funny, avocado toast. <laughs> People were saying at one point, like the average millennial could pay off their rent with the amount of money they spent on avocado toast. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, that's obviously not true, but that just goes to show that every restaurant in the city has a version of avocado toast. There's restaurants that are built off just avocado toast. When I was traveling through Bali in October, there was like multiple restaurants that only sold different versions of avocado toast. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. How does that happen? One thing catches on and it's just like wildfire. And it happens in nutrition, I feel like the most. People just really latch on to the one thing that's gonna be the fix and then they run with it and we get obsessed. But do you know what avocado toast did? They made it look pretty. So with social media, you take a picture of your healthy avocado toast and like you're cool and trending too. Like that's what social media has done also. So social media has like inspired us to be healthier. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know how I feel about nutrition and social. I guess we learn a lot of healthy nutrition recipes from being on social media. Well, recipe blogs have been a huge trend this decade. You can Google any random ass ingredient or recipe that you want to make. You can Google a healthy version of it and you're going to get five options all off of recipe blogs, which is, I think, actually really special. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Do you come across any other? 
Good nutrition trends. I think that we've seen a return to actually wanting to eat whole foods and to yeah. start to talk about the nutrients and talk about how we ate ancestrally. And I think that's a really, really good trend that we're seeing. Like people are wanting to simplify it, move away from the processed stuff. We're starting to get smarter about what the food industry is doing and some of the ways that they're marketing to us. So I think that that's so important. Yeah, that's massive. You're right. We are definitely getting educated on what's happening in the food industry. But Whole Foods is definitely, you're right. Like that's the way they always, like that's the way our grandparents ate and now I like that we're coming back to that because I think in the last probably 20 years it's been more about like fast and convenience and we're getting for sure away from that mm-hmm. now we're kind of like going into like convenient healthy food it's like yeah. build your own salad restaurants or like hello fresh delivered to your door so like yes we're getting away from convenience but we're also having new options of convenience coming in Right. Like we're trying to mold our want to have healthy whole foods and nutrient dense foods with our want for fast food. Because <laughs> like right. 10 years ago, we together. were eating like microwave meals. I think I spend like in the last eight years, I think I've really spent the, the most of the time in the grocery store on the outside aisles. I think like from I should make sure I make an effort to go through the aisles next time I go to the grocery store and just see what else is happening around. For sure. Like, mm-hmm. I could learn from that for sure. And I think like clientele is like exposed to that. So it's good for me to educate myself as well. But if you're listening to this, make sure you spend the most of your time in the grocery store on the outskirts of the grocery store. That's where all the good stuff is for sure. Let's talk about wellness trends. I have one. Hit me. Oh, you feel like excited. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a great one. I think mindfulness and meditation oh, yeah. and getting in touch with a spiritual side have blown up this decade it's become mainstream this was always a thing like this is one of the most ancient practices that exists right but all of a sudden people in their everyday lives are starting to carve out time we are seeing meditation classes pop up people are trying to spend five minutes breathing like we're starting to talk about these things and the importance of them and i think that it's really awesome to I don't know, encourage people to get in touch with a more spiritual side and, and get more in touch with themselves. Yeah, I'm actually attending a class on Wednesday nights at a gym here in Toronto that's focused on being more mindful. So I'm dedicating my Wednesdays to it for the next four to eight weeks if I continue when I'm definitely going to. Cool. Yeah, and like this gym, the concept behind this gym is like it's called fitness. It's called fitness for your brain. Yeah. So you're right. We are seeing quite of these pop up in the city and I think it's a really... And like even apps, like there's so many apps as well. This is a big, a big change. Thinking about more about what we do at All Day Fit. I like that stretching kind of went from yoga and only in yoga to more like, I guess like stretching was just seen as like, I don't know, just as yoga. And like when people referenced stretching, they literally just would use the term yoga sometimes. But now you definitely see it worked into all different types of fitness and we see the value in mobility based off the lifestyles that most people are sitting all day long. So I think the concept of mobility in general, aside from yoga and how it benefits you in all areas of your life and it doesn't need to be like solely practiced through an hour, but integrated into all different types of training and how important that is. Yeah, that's a good point. Fitness, nutrition, and wellness, they're kind of all intertwined, but coming to the the concept of community and wellness, like the Toronto wellness community is massive first you see like the trainers unite then you see like gym owners unite and you see like members of all studios unite and they unite through like think about like city shred city shred 
is this massive event that brings people together from all different fitness communities into one. Mm-hmm. What are other examples of that? There's a lot. The wellness market is wellness a place market. where like a lot of different areas come together, right. including fitness and some of these mindfulness things. So I guess like wellness is more, yeah, just in, it's moving towards like a bigger picture and it's kind of like a lifestyle mm-hmm. and it's like all areas of your life and not just working out and not just eating well, which is cool. Fitness retreats massive one in this decade it's like a billion dollar industry right now i don't know the actual number but it's going insane because people are wanting for the first time to spend they want to spend their time doing things that make them feel good yeah and for a lot of people that's fitness and nutrition and mindfulness and meditation and being in nature and doing adventures and it's not necessarily sitting at a resort right when we started fit escapes we were like one of the only ones and now there's so many there's there's I couldn't sit your name 30. And even like all the big guys, like Equinox now has their own version of retreats. Barry's has their own version of retreats. It's cool. great. It's a great option for just a different way to Yeah, we always spend say this like your time. For two reasons. Like and even you see like big companies, like I've now seen RBC, they take all of like their execs teams away on fitness retreats, opposed to like sending them onto a down south all inclusive resorts. Like that's not how you want your employees to come back, like hungover from a week exhausted like I don't even know what else I've done one of those in years but I think like set, setting them up setting them away to a week like all the things you just said yeah it's cool I think I think we'll see this like really be the way to vacation in the future I think retreats will be big yeah I can totally see that okay let's transition again our last pop culture one. Ooh, I want to just touch on what you think the best TV show of the decade was. Ah, okay. Also think about this. Netflix wasn't here 10 years ago. No way. I don't think so. No, you know what it was? Netflix was the thing where you order a DVD to your house and then you send it back. You subscribe to how many DVDs you want a month and you have a queue and they send you a DVD and then you watch it, you put it back, you send it back and they send you the next one in your queue. So like Blockbuster? No, because Blockbuster, you had to go to the store and get and like rent the movie, right? This was like a send to your home thing. And it still had a website where you can have your lineup. Cool. I but didn't you can only have a certain this. number at a time. Yeah, and that's how Netflix started. That was one of the first ways that they provided a service. And then it, it molded into you have, I think, both of those, but they also had online stuff. And obviously now it's entirely streaming. Blockbuster closed down in... 2010 so that must have been when Netflix like really took off so it had been happened just before that it was that in Redbox I think that shut down Blockbuster did you guys have Redbox no I don't know that's where you go like to the pharmacy or to like a uh, shoppers or a CVS and they have this thing that's called Redbox and it's like a vending machine for DVDs oh interesting you guys didn't have anything like this no oh it was a dollar to get maybe Toronto did I'm again from a very small town right um my personal faves okay i think this is a lot of people are gonna agree i think shameless shameless is an amazing show i just finished the ninth season it just came out i literally laugh because like my home life is like kind of like that but like not to the extreme (laughs) when i was home over christmas i don't know if you saw this instagram story but i did like my house is like Love them to death. Very manic. I like took a story of all the crazy shit happening in my home at one time. And like there's like nine kids, four teenagers, seven adults. And it's always like that at home. And then I post it. My house is like real life shameless. I might have must have had like 
I'm not kidding, 200 people respond, like dying. I'm like, yep, this is like why I think relate to the show so much. I also think like all shows are so like unrealistic where this show is like, I mean, it's like an exaggeration, but it's also like talks about like real shit. shit. Real shit, for sure. You know? All the shit they talk about like actually does happen in someone's life in some form. And it's all the things no one else talks about. Mm-hmm. So I love Shameless. Which made me just think of Working Moms, actually. That was this year. That was a good one. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. Again, it's like brings into like more realism towards like being a mom. Except they all have nannies and cleaning ladies and hmm. which like <laughs> kind pretty, of pretty privileged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What show do you think? Mine has to be Game of Thrones. Show of the decade, for sure. Okay, guilty, haven't watched it. The finale of the whole series, I have never seen so much hype over a finale. People had watching parties. Like, this was huge. Wow. So so just the, the impact that it had across so many people and so many communities, I think that that's a, that hands down has to be the best of the decade. Wait, before you keep going, why do you think that is? What was it about the show? I haven't watched it. Like, why does so many people love this show so much? Well, it's an HBO show. So mm-hmm. first of all, a lot of sex and a lot of killing mm-hmm. and just like, it It didn't hold back. The second you love a character, they're gone. Right. That's the reason why I didn't watch it. I know, but like there's something that's very, like people like that shit. Like it's your adrenaline going, you know, like there. And plus it's this concept. We always like this massive wars and this strive for power it just taps into a lot of very primal humanistic things Mm -hmm. and the character art development was amazing acting was like all that stuff was so there um the way they told the story was really cool so everyone was just really compelled by what's gonna happen what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if i'll go back and watch that but jamie was like you would love it there's so much love and sex and i'm like Really? I thought it was just like killing. I won't watch it. It's like, both. Like, yeah. I don't think, I don't think you can go back. I don't think it's the kind of thing you can go back and watch now. I'd be like I so lonely watching it. Was, yeah. yeah. It was like part of a movement. Yes. You need to exactly. be on board with the movement. Exactly. Did you have any other favorites? Uh, well, the runner up has to be Breaking Bad, which I'm sad that I couldn't say that as first. I didn't finish it, but that was also a huge one of the decade for sure. I want to know who you think the most influential women of the decade have been. I would be shocked if anyone would disagree with this, but I think we have to say they're Kardashians. It's not that they didn't exist, but if you think back 10 years ago, like Kylie was 12 10 years ago, and now she's like a multi-billionaire. I don't even know what Kim's numbers are, but the way that the Kardashians have changed literally humans is like insane. And again, being in a big city, like we see so many people who go out to the extreme and get surgeries done to their face. To look like to the Kardashians. look like the Kardashians. People are getting butt implants and boob implants. Breast implants are like massive this decade. Lip injections, nose jobs, fillers. And it's not like this is right or wrong, but it definitely has been strongly influenced by the Kardashians. Definitely. They've had a huge impact. Huge impact. They've like even like beauty standards in general and the way the beauty industry has grown. It's been completely like Kris Jenner is a crazy, I don't want to say a monster because I don't think it's like a negative, but just like she's like a machine. She's a genius. Yeah, she's a genius. (laughs) Definitely. Who do you think? The two that came to mind for me were Michelle Obama and Ellen DeGeneres. Oh yeah, Ellen's a huge one. Mm-hmm. I think Ellen's a big one just because 
her story from having like come from nothing to where she is now but she did it by being herself and with this realness that I think is important and I think it's really good for for girls to see and especially people that are questioning their sexuality I think that she's been amazing and being a face of that Serena Williams has been a big one for female in sport definitely yeah. I love those anyone else yeah anyone yeah, else think, come to mind I think that's it I think those are the big ones for me I want to switch gears and talk about more personal moments of the decade so I want to know what your favorite moments of the decade were well like I just said 10 years is like not long but also so long 10 years ago, I was in university. I graduated school. I fell in love. I got engaged. I'm smiling really big. <laughs> um, I've traveled 27 countries in almost all in the last 10 years, which is crazy. I think before that, maybe the first five. Mm-hmm. Um, big travel, studied abroad, started a job, quit a job, had a career change. Went back to school, launched two businesses, all day fit and fit escapes, ran eight retreats. I learned to scuba dive. That's like probably like one of my proudest moments in 10 years. Skydived, pretty badass. I still like reference it like it was yesterday. It was like eight years ago. I think I need to go back again to keep my credit. <laughs> um, I fell in love with fitness and I think I fell in love with myself. Those are two things that have been a huge part of this year and will like forever change my life. Mm-hmm. So the last 10 years is like, when you think about it, it's like been my whole twenties. It's a lot. So, yeah. And so much happens in your twenties. Yeah, for sure. So many changes. That so was a lot of good changes. things. <laughs> I had like two. What? <laughs> I think you lost off like 20. No, I had a couple more than that, but definitely graduating from college. Mm-hmm. Um, moving to Toronto. Yeah, we do. And moving to a completely new city with Eric, then getting engaged and getting married. (laughs) For favorite moments, our wedding for sure was my favorite day of my life, no question. So that's a that was a big one. I don't know who's smelling bigger, but you (laughs) I love talking about love. Yeah, and then you just had your anniversary. Year four? Three. Three. Three, yeah. And then our honeymoon, I just, there are a couple of moments that stand out of just, I remember this feeling of peace sitting on the beach with Eric in the sunset and just being like, I'm so calm and confident about this being the rest of my life. And I've never forgot those moments. I don't know what it was about them that hit me, but that felt like sort of the start of our life together after the craziness of the wedding and all of that. So that's a favorite moment, definitely. I love you remember an exact moment. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's interesting how our brains work and it makes us like something can happen in an experience and like something about that makes it hold on to your brain. Actually, you know way more about this with your neuroscience background, <laughs> but it always like interests me how like, I can't remember a lot of like my four years in school, but like so many like certain moments, like there's like click and it could be like a simple moment like that, but it's just like, you can like put yourself back into that experience. Yeah, for sure. And the most interesting thing is everyone's are different, right? So Eric and I both experienced the wedding and the honeymoon and his moments that he's got 
like a picture in his brain are different than the ones that I have. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't even remember that ones <laughs> that I'm talking about, but that's fine because he has other things. Of but course. it's interesting how we how we do that and take snapshots. Of course. Mm-hmm. Another one is watching Eric win. He won two championships this decade. So they won the College Cup and then they won the MLS Cup, which was sick. So that was really fun Massive. to like experience with him. Yeah. And then surprising Eric with Molly. <laughs> that's a favorite moment for sure. That was the best. You got a little baby. Mm-hmm. And then one of my proudest things and moments is telling my story on the podcast. But not just because of the act of telling my story, but of what it represents and how much I've been through, learned, struggled through, how fitness has changed as far as um, its place in my life. Fitness and nutrition have changed as far as their place in my life and the ability to tell my story, which is something that I thought I would never tell anyone. I was so cemented in that being buried in a secret for so long. And to have that not be the case and to share with people, I'm very proud and thankful that I've been able to grow into that person that would share that. I didn't always know that would be the case. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thanks. We always said that one thing that you're not, that you're holding down, you're not saying is the one thing that's holding you back. So the fact that you were able to share that, it's almost like you were able to also close those doors and move forward. And because literally how much growth have you had since that? Like mm-hmm. you're flying forward because something's so big and holds someone back. So if you're hiding a story or if you feel like there's something that you're ashamed or scared to say, like that might be the one thing that you need to put out into the universe and say out loud and able to like move forward through that. I think that's been a big learning lesson for both of us this year or this decade. So many learning lessons this decade. Absolutely. Cool. That's all the stuff that I have for a recap on the decade. That was fun. That was fun. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of How Do You Feel? Make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. We release a new one every Monday morning. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on CastBox, through the podcast website. There are lots of options. And we really appreciate all ratings and reviews. They go a long way. I hope that everyone has an amazing week this week. Make sure you get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.